She doesn't shop at consignment stores because she's all about that new new. And she would do anything, anything to protect that sweet baby Grogu. <laughs> uh, first part, not true. I know. But I, you know. I wanted to get to Grogu. <laughs> well, if Jesus is real, he made this man my Achilles heel. <laughs> Saw that. You, you're that uh, mixing up religions there. What? Achilles heel and Jesus? Yeah, yeah, Achilles is like Greek. Well, I guess Achilles was a man. And then maybe he became, I don't know. You figured I'd know this when I've played so much Hades, but... Just wanted to mess with your mind, I guess. Yeah, appreciate it. Uh-huh. Welcome to Life Well Spent with Garrett and Amber. I'm Garrett. I'm Amber. I'm Garrett. And I'm Amber. We got two dogs in the room. Ace and Gilly are in the house. Cats are out, probably sleeping somewhere. Mm-hmm. You-, you know, I caught uh, Corbin in the towel closet today, sleeping on the towels. Oh, that's cute, but gross. <laughs> Yeah. Wait, like on the second? On the second oh, shelf up, Corbin yeah. Dallas. I know. Come on. I know. We, it was cute, but we it was just like, We drop our hot, oh. hot bodies with, with hey those there, towels. little fella. <laughs> yeah. All right. So how uh, you doing, babe? You know, I'm doing pretty well. Um, I mean, I'm sure I've been complaining about this all day, but my shoulder's <laughs> been really hurting. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, it's, all that working it's out. It's just been a pain in the butt. And I, I feel like I'm finally kind of getting my... My push-up form down to where I'm not hurting myself. I think that's how I initially hurt myself. Was um, I was under the impression that when you're doing push-ups, if you look up, like you kind of help to pull your body up. Mm-hmm. Turns out that's not good. Oh, put strain on your neck, and I think that's what happened. Um, so now I'm just dealing with that. But luckily, when I do my push-ups, it doesn't. That part doesn't hurt. So I think I'm. I think my form's okay. Oh, but, good, uh, good. You know, that's been frustrating. Mm-hmm. How about you? I'm good. Yeah, it's been a very lazy Saturday today, and yeah. although I am still sore from a couple of days ago doing that workout with you, a lot of lower body. Yeah, and I'm yeah, it's hard to get over that. Yeah, we've mostly just been doing like uh, running and rowing in the basement, and then uh, I'll just find YouTube like high intensity interval training workouts. Um, try to do thirty minutes or so a day mm-hmm. of either of those. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, that's been good. Yeah. Um, my goodness! Oh man, I, I gotta I gotta amp up. We were talking I know. earlier, we're like so tired it's, it's today. been kind of a low key day. It's been it might be snowing already. It's been kind of a gloomy day out. Mm-hmm. There's snow on the ground, so that's nice. That's pretty. I like snow, mm-hmm. but it's just felt like a day where like I could have done like two naps. I know, can't get any pep <laughs> in my step. So gotta all right, gotta turn it up, <laughs> turn it up. All right, uh, wife. Yes, wife of my life. Mm-hmm. What were you into this week? Uh, well, you know, I felt like this week I haven't really been into much media, but uh, I've been working more on my macrame, and I almost have my piece done. That's been a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm it's learning a lot, and yeah, it's it's tedious, but it's rewarding, and I really like it. And then, of course, I tried making uh, macarons earlier this week, right, right, uh, which turned out pretty good. Yeah second batch that i tried what was that yesterday or the day before and that was not good it, was that the batch where you forgot to let them sit for a while and then you put them in the oven but you took them right out i did take them right out yeah yeah i wonder if that heat just kind of kind of well they weren't looking very good when no. i first put them on the sheet a little runny little runny mm. and mm. i i switched something up i put in a pumpkin spice uh extract and when i put it in there i put mm. it in the dough that was already mixed which is originally when I would like would normally put in like the vanilla extracts. I yeah. thought, well, I'll just swap them out. No big deal. Sure. When I put it in there, I saw little bubbles from it, 
I'm like, I feel like that probably wasn't a good sign. Huh, that's weird. I know, right? So then, uh, yeah, that happened. And then I was able to like kind of like use our magic bullet to try to uh, uh, pulse up the, the dry ingredients like you're supposed to with macarons. Magic, and that did not work. Yeah, magic bullet <laughs> always sounds like a sex toy to me. So, um, but uh, yeah, that didn't work too well. No, I, I, need, I really need like a food processor. But... That's, that's the thing with cooking. Like yeah. in baking, we just keep finding... These little knickknacks that you know you can do without, but the the to quality make, mm-hmm. is really gonna kind of it's gonna come through better if you have, yeah, your your food processor and. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to get another batch out before we do our cookie baking day at mom's next Friday. Mm. We do that every year, and uh, yeah, because I just didn't want to go in and just completely ruin it. But I yeah. think I might have to switch back to the first recipe I did. Hmm. Well. We'll see. That's fine. See how it turns out. Oh, and then, of course, we were watching... What was that show I was watching with you? Yeah. Uh, we started it. Alice in Borderland. Borderland. It uh, is a Japanese show that uh, just came on Netflix. It's a little silly, but it's also... It's, it's an interesting concept. Yeah, I like it. It, it feels kind of like... I mean, probably because it deals with some younger people and being involved in games that... that uh, involved murder and people mm-hmm. dying it reminds me a lot of battle royale oh battle royales you know way better mm-hmm. um, um this this one's like fun and it's got that same feeling of like a character will be like oh i can't wait to get out of this and marry my girl and you're like oh so this is the episode he dies oh mm. okay that's good like oh we we had all these dreams and aspirations like so you're you're a dead man walking okay that's <laughs> good to know um yeah they like to kind of yeah there was an episode where a bunch of the main characters died mm-hmm. no spoilers but I don't know it was I enjoy uh, it I'm so enjoying far. it yeah yeah, yeah. it's 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 different it's and... easy to watch mm-hmm. I would say yeah yeah uh, what were you into this week besides that so big gaming news strap in oh boy so. I don't want to talk about this one, but Cyberpunk 2077 came out. It's been in development for years, done by this company, CD Projekt Red, that did the Witcher games that are very popular, especially the third one. It's a it's a fantastic game. And uh, this game, Cyberpunk 2077, came out, and just a ton of reports of bugs, a really buggy product. Mm. That, that, you know, that happens mm-hmm. with, with bigger releases like this, especially very... Um, Oh, geez, I forgot the word. Uh, you know, open world games where they're gotcha. really trying to, like, get you in the world. Mm-hmm. That's, that's. I mean, Assassin's Creed, they're always released buggy as hell. But I think this one was just so hyped mm-hmm. that the bugginess really got to people. And apparently the, uh, uh, the last-gen versions, like the PS4 and the Xbox One, mm-hmm. those versions are, are pretty rough, it sounds mm-hmm. like. It sounds like they kind of optimized it for PS5 and... What's in? How do I not know what the new Xbox Xbox Series X? I think is the new Xbox. Oh gosh. Yeah, whatever. Um, so I've been playing it on PC. It's fun. I've I've just been kind of creeping through it. I'll play like thirty minutes at a time, forty five minutes. So uh, if I am to understand correctly, like I'm not even through the prologue, and I've been wow. playing for like three or four hours. That's but wow. Yeah, yeah, I've I've heard that it's like about a five hour prologue. Jeez. Um, it's been fun though, but. Something that I started playing again that I really enjoyed, uh, it's, it's a game called Moonlighter. Mm-hmm. And it is such a cool concept. It's a little indie game. Came out a few years ago. And 
it starts off with kind of a familiar format is you're in this dungeon and uh, it's procedurally generated, meaning it's never going to be the same each time you enter. Like the okay. rooms are going to be different and it's it's some algorithm. I don't know. Um, but you go through and you kill monsters and you gain like resources from those monsters. Um, and you try to kind of go... The thing with this game is you try to go as far as you can, but you don't want to die because then you'll lose all those resources. Mm-hmm. And the reason why you need these resources is because when you leave the dungeon, you go back into town, you own a shop and you need to sell all these goods. Gotcha. And the really cool thing is there's like a supply and demand mechanic. And, you know, if if you're hawking a bunch of thread or whatever that you find in the dungeon... Then you know, uh, especially if you kind of hawk it at a high price, the demand will will sink, and you'll need to mark down the price for people to buy it. Or alternatively, if you're you know not really finding something and you find it, demand will skyrocket, and you can mark up the price a little bit. Mm-hmm. It's it's just it's fun to kind of you go in this dungeon and you're hacking at beasts, and you know it's fun, but it's kind of mindless. And then you get into the shop, and it's it's cool that dichotomy of two different types of gameplay mm-hmm. um so i played a little bit of that on xbox years ago and then i just started playing again and oh it's, it's that one people have talked about like you play cyberpunk 2077 and hours will just go by i haven't really experienced that mm-hmm. but with moonlighter like yeah i could play that all day it's just a really satisfying video game loop and uh you just, can just immerse yourself into oh yeah yeah uh it's it's fantastic so, Very cool. Yeah, that's been a good time. Nice. Yeah. And uh, uh, a buddy of mine asked if uh, we were going to have another uh, like 30 minutes of Garrett's nerdy time at the end because uh, Disney had a an investors meeting recently and announced a ton of projects coming out. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll probably, you know, if you're lucky, if you guys are good, <laughs> I might dip my toes into that a little bit at the end. We'll see. There's a good chance he will. <laughs> yeah, you guys could be terrible and I'd still do it because <laughs> that's who I am. <clears throat> but we talked about this before. Mm-hmm. I start, right? Yes. Okay, cool. So last week you assigned to me the broad category of child actors. Yes. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. So. Who'd you choose? Or did well, you just choose a few? The cool thing is I, I I made a little video and put it on Instagram just talking about uh, one of like one of my favorite child actors, mm-hmm. uh, Elijah Wood. Nice. I just think he's he's had an incredible body of work. Um, his his work in horror over the past like decade has mm-hmm. been really. He's produced uh, his production company has made some really great stuff. I just I really I find his acting really enjoyable, um, and. Uh, it's it's cool to see him, you know, kind of expand beyond just acting and uh, doing a lot of stuff behind the camera. Um, but I asked people, like, who do you think I should talk about? And some people chimed in and gave me a pretty good number of people to kind of go through in this section. Good, good. Uh, yeah, I can't remember who all your brothers that I think I saw a few people that he so was. So we are going to start with Dylan's recommendations. Because it was funny. I didn't recognize two out of three names. Yeah, I didn't either. Turns out he was just going through the It miniseries. And oh. <laughs> <laughs> like the, three of the biggest child actors mm-hmm. is who he pulled. Um, so I will start with Mr. Seth Green. Yes. Uh, Seth Green, 
Um, apparently, he, he let's see, uh, he's got a, co- a podcast called Keep Bleeding Podcast. He's a, a co-creator and uh, does a lot of voice acting on Robot Chicken. That's a lot of his recent stuff. Uh, apparently, he made his film debut at age seven. Wow. And, oh, let me. Uh, oh. We got a whiner already over here. We got a here. whiner. <laughs> yeah, we're talking about you, Gil. You want to say hello? So I think Seth Green is just kind of a really good down-to-earth guy. Mm-hmm. Um, to my knowledge, he never really got in trouble you know, in his, in his teens and twenties, mm-hmm. um, you know, with being kind of an actor, but, uh, even did. with the American pie crew, wasn't he in there? No, he was not. Who am I thinking of? I have no idea. Oh, you know what? No, that is another redhead. Are you, are that you is thinking not of, at all oh, Seth you're, Green. what was that dude? The, 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 <laughs> the Shermanator, the Sherman. Yes. You thought it was the, oh, oh, that was a bad reference. Boy, I'm so I sorry to really, Seth Green. Really and hope Seth Green doesn't move on this quickly. Podcast. Quickly. <laughs> so uh, there was an article, an interview he did for the Daily Press, and uh, the interviewer asked, "Are the horror stories about child actors true?" He said, uh, "My childhood success came and went real fast. Between 12 and 16, I grew as much as I was going to anyway, and no longer looked the same. Like most child actors, I found it difficult to. Uh, I found it a difficult adjustment. Still." I've done so many things that I wasn't associated with one thing. I'm an actor, not a celebrity. I think that's key. Mm-hmm. Uh, when recognition became an issue a few years ago, part of me felt undeserving. I wonder if that happens to a lot of actors. I think that's going to be a pretty big... <clears throat> I, I'll, I'll kind of sum it up at the end. Uh, mm-hmm. Desperate to maintain my popularity. I was performing all the time. Then I caught a glimpse of myself at the MTV Music Awards, dressed in leather, grasping for jokes, and set about changing my habits. Now that I've stopped trying so hard, I'm more comfortable in my skin. And I think that's that's huge for a child actor is to kind of allow yourself to define yourself. Because I, I, it seems like in the film industry, there's so many opportunities to let everything outside of your control define yourself. Um, if you're getting roles... Uh, you know, uh, if your management thinks you're doing a good job, I'm not an actor. I don't know exactly, but you can imagine there seems to be a lot of pressure and it seems like Seth Green was willing to just kind of take a step back. Um, but he's kept acting like he's still acting seems, uh, I imagine he does some production directing. Um, I know he was, uh, he was on Buffy Mm -hmm. a little bit and, um, yeah, he, he, I think. Did she just go out and want to come back in? Yes, that little stinker. Guys, Gilly is being such a princess, a hot mess right now. Um, so I don't have a a ton on Seth Green because he he wasn't like. Uh, oh my God, she left me. Amber left me, guys. All right, well, time to start a new life down in Mexico. <laughs> oh, she's back. She's back. Uh, so the next person that Dylan recommended to me was Emily Perkins. Uh, so again, this is, uh, the it crew, Seth Green played, a uh, character in the it TV miniseries, like in the mid nineties. Oh, okay. Mid to early nineties. And Emily Perkins played, uh, oh, what's her name? Valerie? No. Mm. Bev, Beverly. She played yeah. young Beverly in that miniseries. And, uh, she was also in Ginger Snaps, which we watched for the October thing that we got this the whole podcast train started on. Mm-hmm. Um, she was the, 
uh, I guess the younger. The, oh my God, Kelly, you're the worst. Um, she was the one that didn't turn into a werewolf. Um, okay. And uh, apparently, uh, she got her first role at twelve. Um, it and Ginger Snaps um, are two of her bigger roles, as well as there's a Canadian TV series called Hiccups that uh, went from like. 20, 2009 to 2011, something like that. She's a Canadian-born actor. Um, I believe Ginger Snaps was a Canadian film as well. I think so, yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, <laughs> Gilly, Gilly, are you going She's nuts? She's being such a brat right now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I wonder if she'll talk to us. Gil. Keep there it is. There it is. You guys finally heard her. <laughs> you heard what we deal with all the time. Yeah, that's you. All right. Back to the subject. Uh, apparently, she's had a reoccurring role on Supernatural recently as mm. uh, Becky Rosen. Uh, she's a super fan of, what is it, Dean and Sam. Yeah. Okay. Remember we used to do that thing? Like, <laughs> Sammy. Dean. Dean. <laughs> Dean, where are you? Sammy! Um, we might have a kid yeah. break. Uh, and real quick, uh, she, apparently she's also a school teacher. All right. Okay. Kid break. And we're back from the first kid break. Would you Would you take a shot of vodka? <laughs> vodka drinker out there? Shot of whiskey? Yeah. Uh... Some real cheap stuff. <laughs> you don't care anymore. You're on the edge. <laughs> All right, and so the last of the It Kid trifecta is definitely the saddest one. Uh, This is uh, Jonathan Brandis. Uh, He played the lead child role in It. Mm. Um, He was also in uh, Sidekicks with Chuck Norris and Mm. Ladybugs. Do you remember Ladybugs? I don't. Really? That does not sound familiar to me at all. Oh man, it uh, starred. Jeez, I can't remember. Get no respect. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, jeez, I'm not gonna be able to pull his name for some reason. Yeah. But uh, yeah, Jonathan played a young boy who had to dress up as a girl to get on a soccer team or something. It's okay. one of those weird gender bending films from the nineties. Yeah. Um. So. Uh, he, especially in his like teen years, he was pretty hot. Like mm. he was. He was a really attractive young man. Um, apparently, he started his uh, career as a child model. Oh. Just a good-looking dude. I feel like um, a lot of child actors kind of start that way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, I, I think just kind of as he went through, continued to go through puberty, roles just kind of dried up for him. Mm-hmm. I was looking through his filmography, and he had some relatively steady work, just nothing like big. And I wonder if after Ladybugs and uh, Sidekicks and – Stuff like that. He thought that, like, oh, I'm I'm gonna be a star. Like, I'm mm-hmm. gonna I'm gonna be hanging out with Leonardo DiCaprio, because they kind of came up around the same time, and I'd say looked fairly similar. Um, but apparently, that wasn't happening. And uh, he was supposed to be in uh, Hearts War from 2002. Did you ever see that one? No. Uh, I think it starred Bruce Willis and Colin Farrell. It's a war film, but it's I don't I don't think it's very memorable. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'll try and watch it again sometime. Anyways, he had a role in that, and he thought, okay, this will really jumpstart my career. But apparently, he was heavily cut out of the film. Oh, Just that's a bummer. Stuff happens. You yeah. Know? Um, but he took it really hard. 
Um, and uh, he was depressed about his uh, career. Hearts wouldn't help. Uh, so according to friends, he began drinking heavily and said he'd kill himself. Um, and uh, on November 12th, 2003, he was uh, found hanging in uh, the hallway in his apartment. Oh, that's sad. He was 27. Wow. Like, pl- I mean, oh. plenty of time mm-hmm. to, to turn that career around. But I mean, I don't know. You just, you need good people to be around you when you're, when you're in an industry like that, where mm-hmm. again, he he wanted to get his fame back and wanted his career to go. So he was trying to define himself through outside means. Mm-hmm. Um, and who, uh. who knows if he had depression in the family, what happened, but it's just, you know, it's terrible. I remember seeing him in, in those roles and I, I thought he was great. Like he seemed like a star on the rise and then mm-hmm. things dried up a little bit, but man, he, yeah, I wish he would have held out a little longer. Um, yeah. Cause who knows what would have happened? You Absolutely, know? yeah. Wow. And your sweet, sweet mother wanted me to talk about Drew Barrymore. Oh yeah. Obviously, she's doing great now. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was a lot of fun in that Santa Clarita Diet. Yeah. And a little bit of a. Uh, I'll just say it. I'll just say it. I like Charlie's Angels. There. Yeah, you said it, honey. Say it proud. It's out there. Charlie's (laughs) Angels was fun. Even the newest one, it it had some redeeming. I don't know. It was a little dry. Like it could have been a little. Like I liked that those the first one especially was a little silly, but also a a fun action movie. Yeah. I I think Drew Barrymore is a ton of fun, Mm -hmm. and I don't think she takes herself too seriously. But uh, you know, as you probably know, Drew Barrymore was a big deal from. A uh, very young age. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was born in 1975 and started acting at 11 months. What? What yeah. was she doing at 11 months? She was months? in a dog food commercial. What's a baby oh my, doing in a dog on. food commercial? She just getting like licked by the dog and. Uh, okay, that's the pretty, mom was like that's pretty cute. <laughs> and the mom's like, "Don't eat my baby. Eat yeah. this sweet, <laughs> eat this sweet Purina." <laughs> I bet that's what it was. I bet that's exactly what it was. <laughs> uh, so apparently she was born into a uh, a famous stage family, the Barrymores. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'd never heard of them, but that's pretty common for me. Um, so um, wasn't her dad pretty big? Pro- probably. I feel like he was. I'm guessing so. Um, Mom, if you're out there, feel free to write us and tell us about the Barrymore lineage if you know more about them than we do. Um, oh my God, what is my handwriting? <laughs> institutional okay institutional but so she started off young and of course mm-hmm. she was an et fire starter she's in a lot of young age and she was institutionalized at the age of 13 oh yeah, yeah. i think i heard something about that um apparently her uh, father was a violent alcoholic mm. and her mother just didn't really have any maternal instincts uh, apparently, her mom would take her to Studio 54 starting at the age of nine. Whoa. And would encourage her to dance with, like, directors and, and oh, wow. men that could make her career at a young age in That's Studio really 54. Young. That's yeah. horrifying. That's crazy. That's so sad. Oh. Um, and uh, apparently, she emancipated herself at 14. Um, Sounds about right. Yeah. <clears throat> and read this. Uh, there's this piece on ATI. Uh, all that's interesting.com 
And uh, there's a piece that I'll actually go back to in a little bit, um, just talking about child actors that went through a lot of stuff when they were young. Mm-hmm. Um, and apparently when uh, you know she got out of the institution, she was 14, she was emancipated. Uh, she took menial jobs, cleaning toilets and working in restaurants, all while attempting to maintain her own apartment as an emancipated teen. Excuse me. She said, uh, I had no idea how to run an apartment at 14. There was fungus growing everywhere. It was a disaster. It was in a dangerous neighborhood, and I was so scared to sleep. I had bars on the windows and alley cats, uh, uh, Ramey and Addie, close your ears, and alley cats fucking 30 feet away. I was so terrified. Um, she had a comeback at age 17, and I really like I liked her role in Scream. Mm-hmm. One of the coolest bait and switches ever. Probably like Psycho and then Scream of Drew Barrymore being all over the posters. And then she dies in the first 20 minutes. So spoiler. Crazy. Spoiler alert for <laughs> what a 30 year old movie. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And she, she's doing great now. Mother too. Oh, she runs a production company. Um, yeah. She just seems real sweet and uh, like good for her to kind of come out on the other side. And then uh, your sister, boy, a lot of family chiming in. Mm-hmm. Only family chiming in. Wow. That's good. Uh, your sister wanted me to talk about Macaulay Culkin. Mm-hmm. And then also uh, Dakota and Elle Fanning. So Macaulay Culkin, I, did, I found this really interesting uh, Esquire article uh, that was done earlier this year, March. Um, and I, I just read through it and I... So... Macaulay Culkin seems like a nice guy, mm-hmm. an interesting guy, but also somebody who I would find exhausting within about 10 minutes of meeting him. Really? In this article, like he says, you know, they say that everybody's a snowflake, but then he leans into the interview where he's like, I'm a real snowflake. What? Like meaning he's a true individual. It's like, all right, relax. But <laughs> but he, he went through some, some really really tough stuff i mean just in in this piece talks about how his his dad was uh, sorry kind of stepping back i wonder if macaulay culkin and shia labeouf ever just like have a beer and talk about how their dads so badly wanted to be them wanted to have Mm. the career trajectory of their kids and they took it out on their kids. Um, I haven't had a chance to see Honey Boy. We talked about that last week. But just from what I know of the film and talking to you, mm-hmm. dude, we got a real Honey Boy situation on our hands, folks. So interesting. So they're very similar in the way that mm-hmm. they grew up with their dads. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it sounded like his dad was pretty uh, emotionally and mentally abusive. He would berate the kids if they weren't doing things right. He just, he was the worst kind of, you know, actor dad mm-hmm. of just pushing the kids because he didn't, he wanted to have that career so bad, and he didn't make it, so now he's going to force it on his kids. Oh, wow. Um, but, you know, Macaulay says that initially he really liked acting. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he was good at it, and uh, it was fun, but then, of course, it got a lot less fun. Mm-hmm. And uh, he eventually, uh, he didn't emancipate himself necessarily. Basically, his dad, his mom and dad were never married, mm-hmm. and they just split up. And his dad wasn't around, and apparently all the kids were fine with it. They're like, "Oh yeah, we don't, we don't even like dad." That's yeah. fine. So they live with mom. Uh, but apparently, on Macaulay Culkin's trust fund, he took his mom and dad's name off it. He's like, hmm. "That's fair. I'm just gonna take their names off it." So I think he said like they can't dip their pinkies in. 
He had, a, mm. he had a really good quote that I'm going to find. Yeah. Uh, it's always misconstrued that I emancipated myself from my parents. I legally took my parents' names off my trust fund and found an executor. All right, Ramey, Addy, cover your ears. Someone who would look over my finances, just in case anyone w- wanted to stick their fucking pinky in the pie. Hmm. I think that's incredibly smart. Very smart. I mean, I granted, that last line sounds a little angry. Yeah. But overall, it just seems like a smart idea. And, uh, yeah, he, I mean, he talked about just kind of he, he had a little bit too much fun in his 20s and early 30s. He says he still drinks like a fish, smokes all hmm. the time. Um, but other than that, according to this Esquire article, he seems to be happy. He's got a girlfriend mm-hmm. uh, who is an accomplished actor. She was in the Sweet Life of Zach and Cody, Scandal, oh, uh, Hulu show familiar. called Dollface. She looks familiar, but I can't place her at all. Um, but uh, yeah, it's cool. They got uh, two cats named Apples and Dude and a fish named Cinnamon. Oh, well, that's cute. That's real nice. Yeah. And... Oh, something that the article touched on that was really sad and touching. Uh, so I believe Macaulay Culkin is one of seven kids. Wow. Nuts. So the movie Home Alone, that little scenario at the beginning wasn't far off from his own family. Boy, probably. yeah. I wonder if Macaulay's <laughs> like, oh, this is, this is fine Normal. for me. Normal, <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, apparently his sister, um, I, I, I don't know if it was one of his sisters or his sister uh, passed away. She... Oh. Uh, she was hit by a car when she went out to get like Gatorade and cigarettes. Oh, wow. And yeah, apparently McCully, uh, said he was one of the last people to talk to her and she just told him to kind of, uh, you know, stay focused and, and keep working. And, mm-hmm. um, actually the interview that he did, it was like the day before the anniversary of his sister's death. So he's like, yeah, tomorrow I'm gonna, you know, drink some wine and, just kind of mourn, you know, the way I mourn. That's kind mm-hmm. of my day. It's like, dude, man, that sounds terrible. Yeah. Um, and he even goes into his relationship with Michael Jackson. Uh, he was one of those actors that, you know, was a child actor, and Michael Jackson kind of seemed to gravitate towards those kids. Uh, it's it's. I, I wonder because he has a lot in common, the that, way that they all grew up. I was you just know? about to get into that, actually. Yeah, I'm curious. So in this article, Macaulay says nothing happened. Nothing yeah. ever happened uh, that was untoward or, or we'll just say it, sexual assault. Yeah. Yeah, nothing. He's, he says nothing happened. Michael just was a great guy. and he, I'm sure, yeah, uh, Macaulay was pushed real hard. Well, more than pushed real hard by his dad. He was abused by his dad. Mm-hmm. Michael Jackson definitely had that experience as a young child with their terrible father. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, you know, uh, Macaulay said some other, like, you know, some nasty stuff happened to him when he was a kid, but he said nothing ever happened with Michael. And, I mean, you can only take the dude's word. I'm, You know, he has no reason to lie besides protecting Michael Jackson's legacy. Mm-hmm. And Macaulay Culkin is Michael Jackson's daughter's, he's the godfather of Michael Jackson's daughter. Gotcha. So he is really close. So I guess maybe he could be protecting, but I'd, I'd like to believe that he made it out of that interaction unscathed. Mm-hmm. Um, he had a story about uh, running into James Franco on a plane, and it was after uh, uh, like a biopic was done on Michael Jackson, something like that. And 
James was like, uh, so, you know, about that movie, like, you want to talk about it? And he's like, well, do you want to talk about your dead friend? And James like, no, I, I don't. Mm-hmm. That That's where the interaction stopped. So, um, yeah, uh, I think it could have gone real bad for Macaulay Culkin. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it kind of sounds like he does have some inner battles, but probably not yeah. as bad as some others might have gone yeah, through. Yeah, he... He said that he kind of talks to himself and tells him, like, hey, a lot of people had it a lot worse. Like, you had it bad, but you're okay now. Keep moving, which maybe that's a little bit of kind of pushing it underneath the surface, mm-hmm. denying it a little bit. I, who, who knows? I, or just trying to move on from it. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe he's still battling that stuff. But uh, I've seen him on some things. He was a guest on uh, – there's this YouTube series called Red Letter Media YouTube channel. They mm-hmm. do film reviews, and he was a guest – when they watch terrible movies and he seems like a fun down to earth kind of guy. Um, his publicist was present for the interview and she said, he's just, he's the sweetest, nicest guy, you know, and that's, that's, she's uh, been his publicist since he was 10 years old and they've been together that whole time. Um, so yeah, that one was, I mean, granted I, I based most of my research on this Esquire article cause I found it so fascinating, but I'm sure he went through some really tough stuff, but it was, uh, you know, this interview just made it seem like he's, he's doing okay. And, uh, so the Fanning sisters, they're good. They're fine. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I was researching. I was like, I thought for sure that Dakota like had some, some wild stuff going on. Cause Elle Fanning is still, um, oh, well, they're both still working, Mm -hmm. uh, in, in the entertainment industry. Um, but Dakota, you know, she kind of fell back a little bit, maybe 10 years ago, Mm -hmm. but she's, she's still working. And then Ella Fanning, like she's still kind of riding high. I feel like she's still getting really big roles. Mm -hmm. Um, but I thought, ah, there's gotta be some controversy. The only controversy I could find was, uh, apparently, uh, Dakota Fanning took a movie role. Um, I believe it was called Hound Dogs. Hmm. Something to that effect. Is that a recent one or something? Um, oh, that's Hound when Dog. she was little. Yeah. yeah, and uh, there was a scene where she was uh, uh, sexually assaulted, but uh, apparently it was, it was the cutaway quick. It didn't show much, but I think people were upset that, you know, oh, a young girl, actor yeah. would be put in that situation, which I get. Um, and she also, I believe more recently, played a, gosh, was it Syrian refugee? Let's see if I can. Oh, uh, her movie role as a Muslim raised in Africa. Um, so the fact that she would play that role as a Muslim woman raised in Africa, Mm -hmm. um, that's the only real controversy I could find was picking, you know, some, some questionable roles. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, if that's the worst of it, that's, that's not too, too bad. So, um, oh, and something was interesting, both of, of course, both Dakota and Elf, they, they got the same parents, um, they were both uh, athletes. Hmm. I believe her dad was a famous or just a, a pro tennis player. Okay. And, oh, man, what did the mom do? Mom did something cool as well. Um, was it at the very... Was it? Mary L. Fanning? Where are no, you saying that? Never mind. I don't know what I'm oh, looking at. This is... Uh, oh, that's grandfather. Oh, uh... Okay, so Mom Heather Joy played tennis professionally, and Stephen Fanning 
played minor league baseball. Oh, very cool. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, very hmm. athletic family. Um, I just, I thought that was a cool little, little piece of information. Yeah. And, uh, I saw another thing where the girls talked about, they weren't very close as kids. Mm-hmm. I wonder if it was maybe just Dakota was so busy and something like that, but now they're, they're very close. That's, that's great. Yeah. Yep. And, uh, one last, let's see, I believe it's the one last thing I wanted to talk about. Yeah. So that, uh, article I talked about from. AT all things interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's called the tragic true stories behind some of Hollywood's biggest child stars, and uh, I thought it was really good. Um, of course, I don't have it back at the beginning. I apologize, uh, but it just went through some some child actors, and I feel like it kind of had some some pretty like if you were going to categorize trauma that child actors deal with like i feel like you kind of come up against or come up with a few categories based off this article alone um so the first one was uh shirley temple and apparently she did like there was something popular back then called infant burlesque or maybe not popular but what is that yeah so let's see um uh from performing a character of a seductive dance to being referred to as baby by a band of sailors, also played by barely dressed young boys, to even calling herself expensive. Hmm. Shirley Temple's role in War Babies is just one example of the ways in which baby burlesque took advantage of the innocence of child actors too young to understand or consent to the highly sexualized roles they had to play. Yeah, like... That's uh, disturbing. Yeah, um... So in this movie, War Baby, Shirley Temple is seen wearing a loose-fitting top that seems almost purposefully designed to slip and fall down her arms in a suggestive way. But perhaps the most concerning aspect of the film lies in the fact that Temple is required to channel the mannerisms and demeanor of a prostitute. Wow. Yeah, th- so that's that's pretty gnarly. Um, Who is in charge of that? They should be... I don't know. Yeah. Uh, he was, you know, what, the 40s? I mean that's that's not an excuse. It's just still yeah. It's, I mean it's it just, gross. It it it's always blows gross. my mind. Like you you hear of certain stories like back in the day, but you don't think of like way back in the day, uh-huh. like <laughs> when my grandpa was born. You know what I mean? Like that's just crazy. Yeah. And uh, the next one they did was on Julie Gar- Judy Garland, and apparently, uh, especially on the set of Wizard of Oz, she was uh, uh, okay. Uh, but Garland was also frequently on the receiving end of sexual advances from actors portraying the munchkins on the set of The Wizard of Oz and even studio head Louis B. Mayer himself. Uh, comparable to the now infamous Hollywood producer Harvey, Harvey Weinstein, Mayer is said to have groped Garland by placing her, placing his hand on her breast while she was performing a song in his office. Oh, oh, I don't think I read that whole sentence. That's gross. gross. And while on the set of The Wizard of Oz, the performers known as the Munchkins of Munchkinland would invade her personal space. Um, so, yeah, that's a absolute situation of abuse of power by really gross, disgusting men. Mm-hmm. Um, just, yeah, taking advantage of a woman that I'm, I'm sure she, like, I've heard it so often of, these women don't want to raise a stink because then they'll be seen as being difficult mm-hmm. and nobody will want to hire them. And it's a horrible situation to be put in. Yeah. Isn't that terrible? You can't, you know, tell somebody no. Cause then you're going to be looked at like, you know, nobody wants to hire the, you know, the uppity girl. Yeah. Like, Oh, don't like, take it so personal. It's yeah. like, don't freaking touch me, Disgusting. man. Disgusting. Yep. 
Um, and then the next two are on uh, the Haim, or I'm sorry, the Corys, uh, Corey Haim and Corey Feldman. Uh, so Corey Feldman, he's he's still with us, and he's pretty vocal about being sexually assaulted mm-hmm. as a young man. And um, you know, we we hear about that quite often with with young females in uh, in the entertainment industry, whether it's music, film, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, yeah, Corey Feldman has just been vocal about it, saying that uh, uh, pedophilia in Hollywood is, is pretty rampant. And I know there's a big movement out there that people believe that Hollywood is just full of pedophiles. I, I don't know that that's necessarily the case, but I'm sure there's, I mean, there's there's sickos everywhere. Well, it makes you wonder, too. I mean, mm-hmm. for everyone coming forward, what all do they have in common? What big who knows maybe there's like some big league people that they're always going to be around or be introduced to that that's how they think you know i don't know yeah and i don't know i i'm I'm not gonna get it because i have no idea like right i would assume that these men had the same thing done to them as boys and they Mm -hmm. now they do it to young men because the cycle of violence just perpetuates itself and uh, maybe they were born with money or they came into money and then they got into the entertainment industry. And, you know, uh, Corey Feldman talks about there's there's people out there that groom these young people to mm-hmm. become like sexual objects. Um, but, I mean, that happens in cults that there's, like I said, there's sickos everywhere. Mm-hmm. And a pretty common thing is that they look for people that they can ta- take advantage of. Um, and if it's not with power... It's with other forms of manipulation. Um, and uh, Corey Haim talks about that as well. Um, our hound is a hot mess tonight. Anybody looking to adopt a hound? Call me, Gilly. You being a mess? So I think instead of kid breaks, you take a shot. It's every time the dog comes in or out of this room. Uh, nobody will survive. <laughs> yeah. By the third or fourth time I've gotten up out of this chair. Did she, get a, did she get a bath today? Uh, no. No, and she's still being a mess. Usually she's she's a sloppy bitch when we uh, give her a bath, but yeah, she's just being needy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Corey Haim was, was pretty similar stuff. They worked together on The Lost Boys, and uh, yeah, much like Feldman, Corey Haim also claimed to have suffered sexual abuse as a child working in Hollywood. Um. In an interview with People Magazine before his death by overdose at just 38 in 2010. Wow. Haim explained, "Um, I was ashamed, so I shut my mouth, and I just rolled with the punches, man. Stuff happens when you were a kid. It scares you inside for life. That's just how I look at it. Mm. And that that mentality of like, you know, hey, I got the short end of the stick. That's how it goes. Mm -hmm. That's not healthy. No. Like you gotta you gotta explore that trauma and just really kinda confront it, not push it down and say, Hey, you know, everybody's had it bad. Like not you know, not everybody's been even if other people have been sexually assaulted or worse, that doesn't delegitimize your trauma. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's yeah, it's it's just uh it's terrible and when, you know, like uh I'm I'm sure Bad things have happened to Seth Green and the Fannings. Mm-hmm. Um, we all have trauma that we deal with, but you know, when you see people kind of come out the other side, especially in an industry like this, where 
you know, there's so many people looking to get a cut of the pie and all of a sudden you're making money and now like everybody's your friend. Mm -hmm. And then when you're not making money, all those friends are gone. Like that can, that can really mess with a person's head. That can obviously destroy lives. Like I'm only worth what that, uh, dollar amount that I make, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That's sad. Yep. So, um, yeah, a bit of a tough subject, but you know, stories like Drew Barrymore, um, and more or less Macaulay Culkin. I mean, he's he's still with us, and he seems to be okay. Mm-hmm. You know, those are, and you know what, uh, Elijah Wood. Oh yeah. I will just hang my hat on Elijah Wood forever because he, I mean, you know, it's not all him. I'm sure he had a, a fantastic support system around him. Um, but uh, yeah, you hope for the good ones, and we just really hope. I I was thinking about this earlier with YouTube and TikTok and all these kind of younger influencers coming in, that seems like a situation where it's ripe for people to take advantage of them, where whether it's financially or sexually, unfortunately, whatever it is. Um, I really hope that the younger generation out there that is gaining notoriety through these means um, can learn from the people that came before. And then maybe some of the people that came before can kind of, you know, put them under their wing. Mm -hmm. Hey, there's some people out there that are, you know, going to try and hurt you or take advantage of you. And don't, here's how you don't let them. Yeah. It's interesting. I've, um, so I think I watched a interview recently of Billie Eilish and she had said how, um, the Biebs would talk to her about it. Mm -hmm. Uh, and yeah, basically kind of doing the same thing of, you know, this is what happened to me and just, you know, I'm just trying to help her out and, you know, that's Make fantastic. Sure it happen to her. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure Bieber was. It may still be a, uh, pardon the language, but a real knucklehead. <laughs> um, but yeah, if he can <clears throat> take care of somebody like that, then man, all sins forgiven. If you're mm-hmm. looking out for for younger people coming in the industry, mm-hmm. in any industry, like you take care of people that don't know yet. That's right. That, that's and, a mitzvah in <clears throat> my. Well, and with book. his uh, his new song that came out, what was it called? Lonely or something? He kind of describes, you know, what it was like for him growing up. Oh, you know, a very really? young singer. I yeah. haven't heard the song. You haven't? No, you I should listen to it. I know that song holy that he does with Chance the Rapper because I am a like I gotta I gotta. You're a big fan of Chance. Yeah, I've got to get some help because I'm a real Chanceaholic. <laughs> I think he's the best. But yeah, you should listen to it. It's yeah. uh, kind of gives you an in to yeah how he. Um, how his career was and how he oh. felt at the very beginning and kind of, you know, the struggles that he's gone through and yeah. where he is now and things like that. So that's great. Yeah. It's very kind of touching, but um, Kayla had mentioned this to me today and she's like, Oh, it reminded me of this because you guys are going to talk about child actors tonight um, that she brought up <clears throat> Shia LaBeouf mm-hmm. and his ex- ex-girlfriend. Let's see. FKA twigs. Uh, what did you a- just say to me? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a- <laughs> That's a that's a human being. FKA Twigs is her name. Fka Twigs. Fka Twigs. Uh, but no, yeah, ex girlfriend. She filed a lawsuit against him um, mm. for oh god, what was it called? Uh, basically saying that he was um, abusive towards her. Damn. And she was Kayla was saying how she was like you know that was very disheartening to hear about because I really like Shia and her her best friend is a big fan and. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. She's like, but then he apparently came out and she said he issued a very heartfelt apology. She's like, I felt like he handled it the way that anybody 
who has abused somebody else should handle that situation. Oh, that's that's great. Yeah, she's like, it wasn't just to apologize, just to get it out there so he can move on. It was more so like he validated her feelings and, mm. and you know, basically said, yes, that happened. And, you know, it's basically going to pay, um, you know, uh, whatever amount that his ex is suing him for. Oh, that's great. Um, and I guess she's going to donate the funds to like battered women's um like donating. Boy, in a situation like that, as terrible as it is, I don't think you can ask for a better outcome. Right, yeah. For the abuser to acknowledge, like you said, not only her feelings, but his actions. Right. Um, and then for her to to donate money to, you know, better women or whatever that may be, that's that's incredible that, mm-hmm. you know, that sounds like how progress can really happen. Yeah, um, yeah, I think so too. So. Yeah. It's yeah. heartening to hear about, but you know, from the little bit I've I've heard of Shia LaBeouf talk, it sounds like he's been in a lot of therapy uh, in the mm-hmm. recent years, and I honestly think it shows in, in his actions and his interviews, um, especially when Honey Boy came out. My understanding is Honey Boy was just him kind of working through, you know, the trauma that his dad caused. Yeah, I guess he admitted to having um, PTSD. Yeah. from stuff in his childhood, and you know. Yeah, Which is, I, I really, sad, I really need to watch Honey Boy. I'm just, yeah, I'm afraid that it's going to be too much of a bummer. I mean, it's a sad movie, yeah. but I think you'd really enjoy it, though. Yeah, sometimes you got to get bummed out if you know. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, this is kind of a somber uh, day, a somber <laughs> podcast, because now I'm, I'm like, well, let's you know, bring it up a little bit Pep and talk up. about Lock and Key. But this also has deaths. Lock and Key's a bit of a bummer too. <laughs> Boy, is. we didn't do this on purpose. No, we sorry guys. Show some uh, some bummer stuff to go over. Were we going through something last week when we assigned these? I don't know. I think I think that I was, was actually crazy. doing really well last week. I yeah. Yeah. I don't know, but you mm. gave me uh, lock and key, the uh, trade paperbacks of uh, one and two. So mm-hmm. the first one I read was Welcome to Lovecraft, and what is this volume two? Is Head Games. Yep. Um. So yeah, we had watched this on Netflix. Was it when they came out a year or so ago? Yeah, maybe came out a year ago. The the. The series Lock and Key, which I found pretty interesting. You you thought it was kind of oh I hated it. Yeah, <laughs> really, I really I I you know it's been years since I've read even just the first two trades of Lock and Key, mm-hmm. but I remember really really enjoying it. And then the show just felt so like teen drama, and I, I just I feel like the comic is just so much deeper and more interesting in the stuff that it tackles mm-hmm. and the show just felt kind of surface level to me yeah you know and l- now that i've wa- watched the show mm-hmm. and now read both of the comics the comics are definitely better yeah but um yeah I, it was interesting to see the differences between the series and what they left out compared to the the mm-hmm. comics mm-hmm. um yeah the comic is pretty dark yeah i felt like so, yeah, to kind of sum it up, um, so Lock and Key is basically about the Locke family. And Dad Randall is a high school guidance counselor. And sadly, he has a student that's pretty disturbed, and he ends up tracking down Randall and kills him, shoots him. Yep. Um, so the family uh, moves to... Is it Lock Manor? Uh, the Lock House? Sure. Yeah. Key that house? sounds. Oh, it's Maybe Key it's House, key isn't house. it? I think yeah. it's a Key House. Hence Lock and Key. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Um, in Lovecraft, Massachusetts. Is oh, that, is that right? right? I think so. That's cool. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. So, yeah, basically, you know, it's got the surviving, the widowed mom, Nina, um, the uh, uncle. Go ahead. Sorry. And uh, when when the dad is murdered, isn't pretty much the whole family present for that? Yeah. Kind so of a home he's, invasion thing. Yeah, and, yeah. I should. Yeah, I should touch on that. So, yeah. Um, mom. Uh, oh, let's see. So uh, what's his name? Sam, I think, is the killer. He kills the dad and, yeah, basically, you know, goes after the kids mm-hmm. too and they are hiding and there's like a big battle and the mom ends up like i think the son actually kills no 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 i think he beats up sam yeah and then there's an, a second guy and i don't remember the guy's name that is there with sam to help him like oh, get I the family about that yeah and the mom comes at him with an axe and you see just gets him in the back of the head oh wow yeah so it's a big old bloody traumatizing mess. Um, and yeah, so they're, they're trying to move on from this. And so the, the uncle, is it Deacon? Duncan. Duncan. Mm. Um, it's the, the younger brother of, of Randall. Yeah. Helps them move to, I think, Massachusetts. I do like the actor that played Duncan in the show. Mm-hmm. He's been in a few things. He was in a video game a while ago. I like, oh, the, really? I like the actor. Yeah. yeah. He's good. Um, and then, of course, the three surviving kids. I think Tyler, is he like a senior in high school? Junior, senior, I think. Something like that, yeah. Kinsey, I think, is either a uh, sophomore or a freshman. Mm-hmm. And then uh, they have Bodie, which is such a cool name, by the way. Bodie's a dope I name. I love that yeah. name. And he's like, what, eight? Little boy? Seems like it. Yeah, eight to ten. Something like that, yeah. yeah. Um, so they, they're all moved in, and mom's kind of become a drunk after mm. the passing of dad. Mm. And uh, so they're they're all really having a hard time, you know, coming out of this. And so she thought, well, you know, bringing them to a new school where hopefully nobody really knows what happens. But I guess this is the the town that the dad grew up in. So everyone kind of knows the story and what happened. Yeah. And the house has been in the family for generations, if I remember correctly. Okay. Um, So to kind of sum it up here, because it's like I it's such a good comic um, and I don't really want to go through like all of the the main points here yeah. but um basically this house has a bunch of keys hidden within it mm-hmm. um and sam the killer is trying to find a couple of these keys to give to um basically the main bad guy yeah in the in the comic so and these keys have kind of special powers right. so you know you can one of them i think is uh, you can go anywhere you want to. So you just put the key in a door, and as soon as you open that door, you can travel through and go to, like, Paris or, you know, just, you know, think of a place, and you can go anywhere. Uh, another one is, like, a you can get inside of your head or somebody else's head. So you can literally, and this is kind of gross, I felt like, in the uh, watching it on the series, is, like, seeing the little, like, keyhole in the back of the neck Yeah. that they had to, like, put the key in and twist. They, they did a good job of doing that in the show. It looks really yeah wild yeah and then you know they can kind of take whoever is with them at that time into their mind Mm -hmm. or they can take so they can essentially put things in their head or take things out so like for instance i think the daughter ends up taking out fear and well in the comic it says uh she wanted to take out the thing that makes her cry because she's been crying so much Mm. and the fear Mm -hmm. and so she kind of bottles them up (laughs) and sticks them in a drawer um so that way she just she doesn't have it anymore and i think like this the son tyler 
uh, is trying to like cram for all these like tests coming up and he just can't really do the homework because he's having a really hard time with his dad passing yeah. um, that he starts putting like the, the books that he was supposed to be reading into his head. Okay. Like literally dropping it into his skull. It was really weird. Yeah. And I think in the show he does it to like impress a girl or something. Yeah. I but think I, so. I, I think that's a better angle. Yeah. And that shows that he's, he's having trouble coping. Mm-hmm. So I, again, I think I really like this comic book. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's really good. And, um, there's a, yeah, it just kind of follows the, the whole story of, you know, this, this family has gone through so much trauma within the last couple months um and just how they're trying to live a normal life after all this and for everyone to know about it so they're getting all these like weird stares from people at school and you know trying to accustom to a new life Mm -hmm. and the mom's trying to do her best you can kind of tell she's not i don't know if she really was like as quote unquote like Susie homemaker Mm -hmm. before this all happened because it kind of showed her afterwards, like you can kind of tell she's a little drunk in the comic and she's like making fish sticks for dinner and she ends up burning them. Oh. And so she's trying to like make Alfredo or something afterwards. But um, yeah, it was it was really interesting. And I don't remember what year was it like early 2000s that this comic came out? I, I believe so. If you look on the back, I might say or they use the hard r word in here a couple of times oh do they really (laughs) yeah i was like oh all right um but yeah so they have like uh so randall you kind of get a sense that you know he and his little brother as a kid would use these keys throughout the house Mm -hmm. and uh as soon as they grew up it's almost like if you're a kid you see everything happening but as soon as you become an adult all of it kind of goes away and you can't really see anything Mm. Um, so as a kid, he and his friends kind of are, they, they kind of sense that, uh, or like tiptoe into a story cause they kind of do flashbacks within the comics Yeah. for Duncan, um, because Duncan doesn't remember anything at all. And, um, so the, the bad guy meets Duncan, um, which he's met him before when Duncan was like real little. So he thinks that Duncan remembers him. Um, now. And so he, you know, goes to him and is trying to look inside of his head using the the head key, Mm -hmm. uh, to see if he remembers him. And I think the night before Duncan was going to call Tyler and let him know like, Hey, the the kid that you're hanging out with right now is, is bad news, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, but it's, I like these because you don't really, you don't really know why the main bad guy in here is trying to get all the keys mm-hmm. or trying to acquire them. And there's something mystical about this character um, that we might be having the kid break. Oh, we got a kid break. We'll be right back. And we're back. Another great kid break. Everybody's drunk now between the, <laughs> between the hound and the kids. We are set. We are set. Um, but yeah, other than, I mean, the, comic is is pretty graphic at certain points um but i overall i really dug it and the um like i said i don't want to like give too much of it away necessarily but if i uh if i bought the third volume would you read it yes yeah yes i think it would and uh the author is joe hill right yep joe hill and gabriel rodriguez is he the Uh, illustrator yes okay do you know who joe hill is nope 
unless Joe Neal's dad. <laughs> unless that... I'm getting this wrong, it is Stephen King's son. No way, really? That's, that's his pen name. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Well, this this makes total sense that this is like exactly. yeah yeah. Um, overall, like this the whole story of it is really really cool. Um, I've never read or seen anything like it before. The art the art style is. Uh very unique i mean of mm-hmm. course i'm sure gabriel rodriguez has done other work but you know i'm sure if you showed one panel of lock and key to me even now and haven't read it years ago i'd be like oh lock and key because it's just uh the faces are, are they're very so, unique mm-hmm. like not overly detailed but just the detail that's in there is uh, there's like a perfect wonderful. word to describe this and it's not coming to me but <laughs> you know yeah yeah um, it, if you want to check it out, I highly recommend it. Um, anybody in the area, if you want to borrow Volume 1 of Lock and Kia, we'll lend it to you because it's uh, it's worth a read. It's mm-hmm. one of my favorite horror um, comics that I've ever read. And I feel like nowadays with so many comic book movies being made, most people know that comics aren't just superheroes. Right. I mean, those are the bigger superhero mo- or comic book movies. Mm-hmm. But there's plenty of comic book movies um, that have been made that aren't superheroes. And I, you know, I, I feel like a lot of the stuff that we've read together is not comic book or not superhero related. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I think I had you read a little bit of Why the Last Man and Lock and Key, of course, and mm-hmm. Saga we read quite a bit of. There's some incredible stories that are that are told you know, through that medium mm-hmm. and lock and key is one of my favorites. So yeah, I'm glad you enjoyed it. Yeah, no, I, I really, really did. And clearly the kids are not all right in this. No. So that was a no. good choice yeah. <laughs> of picking these. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, just the, you know, figuring it, it's, it's like a murder mystery horror. It, it is comic. steeped in mystery. Yeah. 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 And it's, it's super cool. And yeah, I just, I really, really enjoyed it. And the series did end quite a while ago, so I mean, we could definitely pick up all the uh, volumes of it and actually read oh. the story from beginning to end, which, which I love. That doesn't always happen in comics. Like Saga, I believe, is still going. Mm. That thing's got to be like two hundred issues deep, if not wow. more. Um, Walking Dead might have ended, but that one ran for a hell of a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I like it. A, I like when a comic series has a you know, a conclusion mm-hmm. and that's pretty important. But I mean, I'm excited to see like what the, what the character growth is going to be like, you know, with the mom hopefully overcoming her alcoholism and the kids kind of really, you know, getting the courage again to, you know, face the world and, and yeah. not have PTSD from this crazy life event that happened. And, yeah. um, essentially just, yeah. Wondering why the, you know, the bad guy needs to collect all these keys. Yeah. All right. Well, third volume yeah i'm gonna pick it up i don't need a reason or an excuse to stop by the nerd <laughs> store so i'll have to swing by and say hey but yeah that i mean in a nutshell i don't have too much to chat about on this just you guys really need to read it absolutely yeah like i said huge fan if you're interested in looking into horror comics this mm-hmm. would be a fantastic place to start yeah and i'm pretty sure our son's knocking on the door everybody is stone drunk right now we will be right back back from a kid break <laughs> <laughs> this this one's this one's been a 
a noisy one. So yep. we apologize between the howling, the whining, the scratching, the, the, the <laughs> freaking kid breaks. Appreciate you guys hanging in there with us. Um, before we move on, I did want to ask you, uh, do you have a favorite character in, in the book so far or? Huh. Uh, Bodhi. Bodhi. Uh, yeah. <laughs> when he gets older and he has friends, they're going to be like, yo, Brody. Brody? Yeah, because he's a bro. Oh, got it. Yo, Brody. I'd correct him and say, no, it's freaking Bodie. No, nah, no, nah, Brody's, Brody's cool. No. Brody can hang. <laughs> Bodie's way cooler. It's all upperclassmen, too. He's like, he's like in with the seniors, and he's a, he's a sophomore. Right. So he's yeah. the Brody. He's the <laughs> Brodster. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, uh, definitely Bodie. The, uh, the actor that plays Bodie in the show. Uh, again, not a huge fan of the show, but I like the actor. Um, gosh, he was in something else. Some other horror stuff, maybe. God darn it. I just, I will not be able to remember. Wasn't he in, um, uh, gosh. Oh, no, no, I was thinking of somebody else. Never mind. Um, I think he was hmm. in one about him being like a creepy kid. Like maybe he was possessed or somebody was using his body. Anyways, he's, he's so far, he seems like he's kind of pigeonholed into horror stuff so far, but he's really good. Mm-hmm. Good kid. Yeah. Yeah. Really dig him. And it's not telling me. So okay. doesn't matter. Anywho, well, are we going into Garrett's Nerd Corner? Oh, I don't know. I don't think you guys want to hear about my... No, let's just get into it because people will be <laughs> like, no, we don't want to hear about it, but too bad. <laughs> I've got a microphone, so um, I'm not even going to get into it too deep. It's just really... For me, it's super exciting to see that uh for one disney they announced that uh, their projected subscribers to disney plus the actual numbers have skyrocketed like well past their projection so crazy the way that they're responding to that is they are dumping a ton of money and a ton of creativity into disney plus mm-hmm. um of course in the short term with covid of course that's smart but it's not going to be around forever, but they're planning like years ahead wow. to keep supporting Disney Plus with new media. And I, I think that's incredibly smart. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, of course, I hope that we get back to quote unquote normal as much as possible. But, uh, you know, you can't know. Mm-hmm. Can't look into crystal ball. So I think this is the safest and smartest bet for him. It's like, well, we've already got this huge uh you know, we got these people that are just kind of in on our, in on Disney Plus. They're subscribed. Like, let's give them a reason to stay subscribed and for more people to subscribe. So, um, the really cool thing is, it seems like for the foreseeable future, we are gonna have either Star Wars content or Marvel content mm-hmm. on Disney Plus. Two very big names. Yes. Yeah. Which I know when Disney announced that they were gonna be releasing like two star wars movies a year mm-hmm. people got worried and i mean you can definitely argue that uh with some of the well i think with a few of the star wars movies that maybe wasn't the best idea um i i feel like the quality kind of saw a pretty steep decline mm-hmm. um, i do want to watch solo again um i haven't seen that in a while but i remember not really liking it mm. i try it again um but i didn't like the final star wars movie too much um but i i mean so far, they've set an incredible pace with The Mandalorian. An incredible oh, yeah. tone. 
Um, they've announced they're going to be doing a, a new series. Uh, I believe it's called Obi-Wan Kenobi. And Ewan McGregor is coming back to play Obi-Wan Kenobi because he played Obi-Wan yeah, in the original, or I'm sorry, in uh, uh, the prequel trilogy, episode mm-hmm. one through three. Uh, but also uh, Hayden Christensen will be coming back to play Darth Vader. Really? Yeah. Wow. Actually, I think it's really cool. Like, good Where for him. Where has he been? I feel like he hasn't really been doing much since he hasn't the last really. time he did Star Wars. No. No. So good for him. Yeah. Yeah. I I think you got a bum rap. I think a lot of actors from the original, or jeez, I keep saying original, from <laughs> from the prequel trilogy got it real rough, especially the kid that played young, young Anakin. Apparently, oh. he just got a bad, and you know, whatever. You know, people got to work. Mm-hmm. Like, don't, God, man, hardcore fan bases can really suck. It yep. can be full of a lot of venom and vitriol, and that's uh, that's not what I, you know, I try to stay positive with all this stuff, even when I don't really care for a project. Like, good for people to get some roles and, you know, get right. some money and take care of their family. Um, but, yeah, I mean, there's there's that. There's uh, one that I'm really interested in. It's funny because last week I talked about how uh, Rogue Rogue One mm-hmm. wasn't my, like, wasn't a real high up on my Star Wars movies list. Right, right. But they're making a prequel series on uh, the the main uh, male actor, uh, his character's role. It's called like uh, Andor or something like that. Mm-hmm. I can never remember the character's name, but uh, his last name is Andor. And it's about him kind of working when the, with the rebellion. So I'll be really curious to see how that is, if it's kind of Monster of the Week style or if it's a... I imagine it'd be fairly similar to the Mandalorian mm-hmm. in its in its scope and it's you know just kind of again exploring more of the world. Um, there's some more animated stuff coming out. There's a show called The Bad Batch, which I believe is based off of uh, some of the clones in the animated series of Clone Wars. That stuff's fine. Like I've watched some of the animated stuff, but it's definitely not it's not my like go to. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is for a lot of people, and that's, you know, fantastic. Like, more content for them, that's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're making a spinoff because of Ahsoka Tano. Uh, she showed up in The Mandalorian recently, and she right. was in the animated series. I'm really excited for that. I just, I love that character. Yeah, I do too. And a big fan of the actor that plays her, which Rosario is... Rosario Dawson. Oh, uh, Rosario. Can't girl. go wrong with her. She's the best, Yeah. Uh, and then Marvel, of course, is just doing some amazing stuff. Yes. So once Mandalorian is done, then January 15th is when we get WandaVision. Woohoo! Uh, shortly after that, we get the Falcon and Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm. If I'm butchering that title, I apologize. Um, they've announced uh, some of the movies that are coming out um, or just, just kind of talked more about them. Mm-hmm. Like uh, Doctor Strange and the, oh, geez, the Something of Madness, the, the Multiverse of Madness, I believe. Okay. And apparently uh, the Scarlet Witch is going to be in that. So we'll see where she leaves off after WandaVision. Mm-hmm. Really excited for that. Um, apparently that one's going to be kind of horror themed kind of a horror style movie or at least have some horror elements in it that'll be interesting yeah i thought that uh the director of evil dead was going to direct that one but i might be conflating no i think that's right wow yeah which is super exciting they're getting some really good names in there and oh the uh, i believe the director of 
the first Wonder Woman film is going to be directing a movie. Something I'm super excited about. Uh, so there's this this newer character called Miss Marvel. Mm-hmm. And basically it's about this uh, young woman who is Pakistani. And uh, she... there's Sorry. The, there's this thing called the Terrigen Mist. Uh, when you inhale it, some people develop uh, abilities. Mm-hmm. They become inhumans. That's how inhumans are created. And this happens to... I can't remember the character's name, but it happens to her. And it's a really interesting story because she is a huge superhero nerd and she really likes Captain Marvel. Mm. And, uh, you know, Captain Marvel is an incredible character, but from what I understand, uh, when uh, uh, people of color, you know, they look to break into an industry, but they haven't really seen people like them represented in that media Mm -hmm. they kind of uh there is an illustrator on uh marvel 616 on disney plus they did some really cool documentaries and uh, in this one it was a black woman and she was talking about like she drew a lot of white characters and i think her parents asked her like why are you drawing all these white characters and it's because that representation in media was there and that's where she grew up and that's Hmm. that's what she drew and so the idea is that uh this young woman she kind of models herself after Captain Marvel and, and she can even, she can change her, her physical form. Mm -hmm. So she even changes her form to be Captain Marvel when she first starts. But then she learns that, Oh, Kamala Khan, that's her name. Okay. I think I called Kamala Harris, Kamala Khan a few times. (laughs) uh, uh, And then she learns to to know, like she is an individual. She is her own person. She doesn't need to be anyone else. Mm -hmm. She can still use the name as Marvel, of course, but she is her own person and that's okay which i think is a really inspiring story yeah that's really cool i'm really looking forward to seeing that done live action mm-hmm. um do you know who's gonna play her oh i believe she's kind of an unknown okay uh, they had a little kind of sizzle reel and it was really sweet there was a zoom call with like the producers and writers and stuff and they told her she got the part and she was like tearing Elated, up I'm and sure. overwhelmed and yeah that's but, so cool yes uh yeah super excited for that um, there's a lot of stuff coming up, uh, well down the road, but I think the Disney plus stuff is going to be a ton of fun. Aren't they bringing on Loki? Like yeah, a series that's Loki? right. Loki's coming out after Falcon and the winter soldier. And they mm-hmm. just released a trailer for that. I watched that today. That looks like a ton of fun, right? Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. It kind of looks like they, it like picked up where, uh, which movie, which Avenger movie was it that he grabbed the... The glowy thing. Yeah, the, uh, <laughs> the, the, the... Why can't I think of the name? Shoot. But he, he basically gets away by grabbing it. Yeah, and it, it's it one of the Infinity Stones. Yeah. Yeah, because um, yeah, you remember that happening. In, yeah. Yes, so yeah, exactly. So like the proper timeline Loki is dead, but this Loki from another timeline, so it's before he became a hero with his brother Thor mm-hmm. um, in the third Thor movie. Um, before his character was redeemed so he's still kind of a kind of a nasty guy mm-hmm. i'm yeah it'll I, be interesting to see where they take that uh, is it tom hiddleston yeah he's really taken that character and ran with it mm-hmm. i think that loki could have been a one-off villain but tom hiddleston just hit it so far out of the park he does a great job yeah he's getting his own show as well he should mm-hmm. yeah love absolutely. it absolutely yep and uh we talked about there's a quick flash of a woman sitting down with her back to camera and I, it looked a lot like 
uh, Black Widow. Yeah. I saw, I think it was IGN kind of did a recap on the, uh, on that trailer and they said, well, spoilers for, uh, Avengers Endgame, but, uh, when the Black Widow throws herself off the cliff on Boromir and dies, it's when she's got the dark hair. This woman that's sitting there, she's got short blonde hair like, uh, um, like Wanda, or I'm sorry, like uh, Nat had in the previous film. Mm, so mm-hmm. they, so they're postulating it's not her; it's another actor. They they gave the actor's name and said that she's been announced to be in this the show, but they haven't talked about the role. So mm. there's there's some theorizing going around that uh, uh, could even potentially be Lady Loki. Huh. There was a Loki from another universe that, that Loki was a female. Okay. Um. So there's people are kind of theorizing that maybe that'll be the big bad of the series is Loki versus Lady Loki, or at least one of the big bads. Huh. Um, but, uh, I'm just like, of course, the Disney stuff, the Disney Plus stuff, it's really cool because it's going to lead into and tie directly into uh, the proper Marvel films. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, unlike when Marvel was on Netflix, they just didn't tie it in, I think, because they were planning on Disney Plus and planning mm-hmm. on taking their characters back and doing it this way. So it's going to be really exciting to see all that stuff tie in. Um, I, I really, I really hope that they don't lean on it too much. So the people that don't have Disney plus or don't take in all this stuff, like a dumb nerd, like me, um, they won't be lost, mm-hmm. but uh, hopefully it'll be some nice little Easter eggs in the movies. We're like, Oh yeah, that was from WandaVision episode four or whatever. Right. 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 Uh, yeah. So pumped. Oh, and the really cool Spider-Man stuff that's going on. So the third Spider-Man, it sounds like it's it might be kind of a Spider-Verse situation, mm-hmm. like Into the Spider-Verse, the animated uh, film, which is very fun. Oh, it's uh, that I've got plenty of friends that still think it's the best Spider-Man we ever made, and that's hard to argue against. Mm-hmm. It is so great. It's really cool. Yeah, it gives me goosebumps every time Miles finally dives off the building, um, but. Uh, apparently, uh, the the two actors um, that played Spider-Man before Tom Holland, they're coming back to reprise their roles as, as Peter Parker. Oh, cool. Um, Alfred Molina, who played Dr. Oc- Doc Ock, he's coming back. Okay. As well as Jamie Foxx, who played Electro. Interesting. In Amazing Spider-Man 2. So, yeah, it seems like they're going to tie all of these, uh, these different kind of... You know, different actors playing Spider-Man. Tobey Maguire and Facebook guy. What, Garfield. Andrew Garfield. Oh, yeah, I yeah. found it. Um, which, yeah, I mean, that's that's something that's really cool. I mean, about Marvel in general is all these multiverses. DC has it as well. But Spider-Man, like, he does have this this Spider-Verse, this, this web of universes. Um, oh, man, if they introduced... Uh, uh, Spider Gwen. Oh wow! It's Gwen, St- Gwen mm-hmm. Stacy lives in a different universe, and she becomes Sp- Gwen Spider. She's now known as like Ghost Spider or something. Okay, she's incredible. Yeah, like she's up there with uh, Miles Morales for newer characters, and of course Kamala Khan, Miss Marvel. Mm-hmm. Okay, boy, you guys are troopers for <laughs> <laughs> listening to me go through that. But yeah, I mean, I I wish I had the same. Sorry, I shouldn't. I shouldn't like draw lines in the sand, but. I don't have the same love for DC. Yeah. I, I've I've read some DC comics. And of course, some are excellent. Some are not just like Marvel. But I've never felt the connection to DC 
characters like I do to Marvel characters. Yeah. That's probably just, I grew up reading Marvel, so that's what I've been, you know, had an affinity for. Uh, but man, it's, I'm really pumped. Oh, and of course, Deadpool 3. Oh, yeah. Disney said they plan on releasing an R-rated Deadpool film. That's fantastic. I, pe- and I mean, people are like, oh, well, it's Disney, and they're not going to do that. Like, you know what Disney really likes? They like money. Yeah. So they're going to release an R-rated Deadpool with Ryan Reynolds because mm-hmm. they would be fools not to. Yep. Yeah. Mickey Mouse can look away for right. 90 minutes <laughs> as they rake in money yeah. off uh, off this incredibly popular, mm-hmm. you know, film series. Got to give the viewers what they want, man. Uh, man, and it seems like they're doing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully it doesn't become an overload and a uh, law of diminishing returns mm-hmm. as they're churning out these shows. They try and churn them out too quick and... But it, again, it seems like they're hiring really good directors. Uh, I don't know a ton about the writers, but you hope that it's people that have a, a intimate connection with the source material. Right. Um, they do it like all the Marvel movies do a pretty good job of pulling from source material, which mm-hmm. is the way to do it. Uh, I, I've got I'm all the I've it. got all the confidence in the world until they break my heart. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we'll see. Um, yeah, super exciting, and it was it was funny. A friend of mine, um, Elric, uh, texted me to see if I had seen all the news, and I hadn't really. I own a couple of shares of Disney stocks, mm-hmm. and I saw that those like went up like crazy. I was like, oh, something good Something's must happening. have happened, and yeah, it was it was all this news and people getting super hyped for it. So, right. yeah, uh, it's it's a good time to be a Marvel fan for <laughs> sure. Again, until they break my heart, but so far. I mean, what, Thor 2 was kind of boring? Mm, yeah. The first Ant-Man was like, those are more kid movies, those. Like, those have a place. I think mm-hmm. those, like, those would be the first ones that I showed to my son. Yeah. Is Ant-Man and Ant-Man and the Wasp. Right. Um, but yeah, some of the earlier outings kind of were a little lead-footed. They hadn't really found their voice, but I think they've really found it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I hope they, they maximize on that and, and keep that good faith from the fans rolling and, and create some stellar stuff. WandaVision looks incredible. Yeah. I'm excited for that. To I start. cannot wait for January 15th. Mandalorian has mm-hmm. been a ton of fun and it was funny. Uh, our friend, uh, Zach Roth was over. We did a video for, uh, my business page and before he's, or it was before or after he's like, so have you guys been watching Mandalorian? Like, oh yeah. So we got to talk about it. I, I don't want to talk about it on the podcast cause I don't want to spoil it for anybody. I was telling you I was frustrated because if we don't watch the episode of The Mandalorian like the morning it comes out, right. I'll open up, you know, a web Spoiler browser. Central. Yeah. We're like, you believe this character's back in The Mandalorian? I'm like, don't don't show me that. Let <laughs> me see for myself. Um, so I don't want to do that to y'all. If uh, if you're not watching Mandalorian, highly recommend giving it a shot. It's uh, it's a uh, fun on the bun, as Bender the Robot says. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's cute. You've got to stop me because this will turn into a three hour long podcast of me. Should I just like wrap it up? Yeah, I should. I should just like release my own podcast series. <laughs> Garrett losing his mind about, you know, Marvel stuff primarily <laughs> and Star Wars. Uh, so uh, Elric asked if I was going to talk about this. I hope I did you proud. <laughs> I'm doing my best out here. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's fun news. Mm-hmm. But, uh, what about you? Very exciting. Anything you want to talk about for 30 minutes? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> I 
No, I don't. Uh, I'm sure I, I oh, can find something. I, something I, this is going to be real quick. Uh, so last night, you were putting our son to bed, reading him stories, mm-hmm. being an excellent mother as always. Oh, thanks. I was in the... Uh, so next door to my son's bedroom is our office. Mm-hmm. That's where we have the PC, and that's where we have our Oculus Rift. I was playing a game called Thrill of the Fight. It's a boxing game, and I was uh, fighting a new character I'd never fought before. And we got through two rounds. I couldn't knock him down, but also on my own, I'm like, oh, I, I definitely won those two rounds. Third round, with like 45 seconds left, he knocks me out three times in a row. So the fight ends. He knocked me down three times. <laughs> and... You were so mad. I was livid. I hadn't been that mad in a long time. I threw the controllers down, almost threw the headset, but then I realized like... That's expensive. Yeah, so <laughs> I, I put it up and I came in and I sat and I tried to control my breathing. It legitimately almost ruined my entire evening. Mm. I was still so mad when we like went to bed and started watching that show. I was just like... Like I was trying to calm down. I, Madden fans will know what I'm talking about. Like in Madden games, they'll just, all of a sudden it'll be unfair and the other, the computer will win against you. That's what this was. It was nonsense. Computer's out to get you. It was nonsense. I'm so, I'm, all right, I'm getting mad again. (laughs) I feel my shoulders tightening up. All right. You know, the the Oculus does, does help with, uh, aggression, I feel like. Yeah. At least for, for me. I, I know you had a tough time with cash the other day. So you, uh. I like, I went at it with Beat Saber. It sounds so like. (laughs) <laughs> I was so mad that I went and just played Beat Saber like a I Beat Saber so hard. <laughs> I Beat Saber like a son of a gun. <laughs> yeah, you said you played some of that Lincoln Park pack. Lincoln yeah. Lincoln Park, yeah. And yep. just and yeah, oddly enough, I was able to do expert when I'm mad. Wow. So uh, you know what? Cash? That's impressive. I get real bad when like I'm I'm playing angry. So that's that's interesting. <laughs> that's good to know. Uh, yeah, apparently quick, quicker movements. I'm going to walk in like one day punching and you'll, air. yeah, you'd be playing in an excellent mode and I'm just going to walk back out and close the door because I'll, <laughs> I'll know, you'll you're, know you're in a mood. Yeah. 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 Mm. Uh, well, what do you have for me next week? Right. This you're, part. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Let's reel it back in. All right. So, uh, next week, uh, so I talked briefly about, uh, the Corey's Corey, him, Corey Feldman. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want you to watch the Lost Boys. I've, I don't think you've ever no, seen The Lost Boys. No, really? I don't think so. I, so. I love it. Don't feel like you need to love it. But I just want you to know that I love it. I feel like if I don't like it, <laughs> no. you're going to judge me. No, it's okay. You can feel however you want to feel. Uh, yeah, I'm excited for you to watch and let me know what you think. Okay, Lost yeah. Boys, got it. Uh, for you, I've got um, Harry Potter, Deathly Hallows, Part 1. Okay, the film? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, the book. <laughs> uh, yeah, because I feel like that was kind of the time where, you know, uh, Harry, Hermione, and, and Ron uh-huh. all go off by themselves for the first time. Yeah. So I'm like, that was a lot more like character growth and, you know. Do I get extra credit if I watch part two as well? Uh, if you want to. I was going to give you one and two, but I thought, well, that might be too much. So No, honestly, like I'm, I'm not a huge fan of part. I like part one, but there's some scenes, I, there are some sections that I think drag a little bit. Mm-hmm. But whenever I watch part two, it really makes up for it. I think that's a really good movie altogether when you watch all like three and a half hours. Mm-hmm. Probably four hours. Jeez. Yeah. But uh, no, I mean, watching those two movies, that's going to be a treat. Okay. Yeah, that'll be a ton of fun. So 
Well, there you go. Back to movies. Back Love to it. movies. Yep, we went a little. Well, these these two shouldn't be depressing. Yeah. No. I don't Next think week so. will be a good time. Yeah. It's not gonna be Christmas yet, is it? No. No, that's the week after. That's right. Yeah. Ooh. So we got our decent idea for the next one. Any okay. hoozles. <laughs> all right. Well, you all are saints for dealing with me and my <laughs> Marvel Star Wars deep dives. Appreciate you. Um, hey, we had a ton of fun as always. Mm-hmm. I think this kind of perked both of both of us up out of our kind of hibernation earlier today. Mm-hmm. So uh, really appreciate y'all hanging out with us. And uh, as always, if uh, you want to talk at us, you can email us at lifewellspent at yahoo.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, trying to be more active on our Instagram page. If uh, you want to comment on any of our stuff there, we'll try to keep kind of feeding little videos and little updates on there as to what we're working on for the week. Mm-hmm. What else? Am I missing anything? I don't, I don't think so. Yeah, I think that's about it. Yeah. All right. Well, as always, uh, take care of yourselves. Take care of your families. Just take care of everybody around you. You know, world's a better place when we, you know, try to try to raise up people around us. So absolutely, do your best. But of course, if you, if you're not feeling good, take care of yourself. Yeah. I mean, you got to do that. Um, so that's what I got for you. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, love you guys love you so much and uh just make sure when you're out there uh living your life just don't be a richard don't be a richard don't be a richard or a fred or yeah or an uncle fred (laughs) all right love you guys Bye. bye